0: So you know what my favorite meme is? What? Not even a meme. You know what? Wait, sorry. Did we start? No, we didn't. I think it's meme. I don't know. It seemed like you were supposed to that question. It's like one of those
1: things like Father Mike does. Like a one, like a one-liner and then the
0: music. You know. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's... A, yes. Do so you know what my favorite meme is? Essential Presents. Uh, <laughs> Essential Presents. Hi, Essential. this is Father Mike. This is Essential Presents. Welcome. <laughs> okay. Um... Do we need to do an official welcome every time? Is that is that a thing? Is that what, we can just start rolling? We can just start rolling. Yeah. yeah. So let's just start over with a quick prayer. Father, <laughs> Son of the Holy Spirit, Amen. All
1: glory be to the Father and to the, the Son and to and the, the Holy Spirit. Spirit. As, As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall and now, be, world and now, without amen.
0: end, Amen. God, amen. the, Son, and the Holy, amen. Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. <laughs>
1: Just do it.
2: Anyway, welcome, welcome back, and we are now called the Sheepdog Podcast. What a what a name and it does deserve a little bit of explaining, so we're gonna give it to you.
0: <laughs> the Sheepdog podcast. How do you spell that?
2: Uh, S H E E P D A W G Z. Sheep dogs.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> so we're the really. sheep dogs. No, but that'll be on sheep the merch. Dropping yeah. soon. Yeah. So stay tuned for the merch. <laughs> but so the Sheepdog podcast.
2: We're gonna start out with uh, what it kind of symbolizes to us. So. Basically, sheepdog—they're there to protect and guide the sheep, and that's what ideally, like we we hope to do one day. And who's the sheepdog under? The shepherd, and our shepherd is our Holy Father Jesus Christ. And uh, what a sheepdog does is protect protect against evil forces like wolves and coyotes and and the like. And then and it protects the the sheep, which are the yeah, the flock. Yeah,
0: Michael. What was that Michael Luttrell story you were telling me about? The sheep, sheep dogs, something
2: about that? Yeah, so when I was really young 12, 13 years old I listened to, I was at a Navy SEAL camp run by active duty Navy SEALs, and um, Marcus Luttrell gave a speech. And one of the parts of his speech, I, I remember I wrote down on this little note card and I found it the other day. And it said, Don't be a sheep, you better not be a wolf, be a sheep dog, protect the sheep. Destroy the wolves. Mm, so so good. I I that's always stuck with me. I still keep it in my wallet. It, it looks like a gross little note card and <laughs> like folded up piece of paper. It was in there for almost ten years now, and I never even knew it was. But it just stuck with me the whole time, literally and figuratively. Oh, wow.
0: <laughs> so. There there was a quote from that that sheepdog video we were watching. It was power, confidence, obedience. I like that. sheepdogs. That that's what good. they
2: do. Yeah. So. It's pretty, pretty cool. So that's what that's what we're called now, the Sheepdog Podcast. Look for us wherever you listen to your podcast. Mm.
0: So, Sheepdogs. Yeah,
2: come join the crew, you know. We all need to just
0: mm. have that, what is it, power, Conf- obedience. Confidence, obedience. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Become a sheepdog. That's a sheep right. Dog. That's right. Follow the
1: shepherd. Fight for what's right. Yeah.
0: Mm.
2: So, what are we talking about today? Yeah. So who who in your mind when you think of like a boldly catholic saint? Who comes to mind? What about you, Johnny?
0: I know I have a few. Yeah. I think of uh Pierre Giorgio Frassati. Mm. Mm. I mean, I talk about the man of the beatitudes when he when he died, hundreds of homeless people showed up to his funeral and no one had an idea that he was even doing this ministry. So, humility there. There's Boldness there, sneaking out to go do homeless ministry. And then there's obviously Catholicism there, living out how Jesus said, blessed are those who do these things. <laughs> I, missed, <laughs> I missed that part of the guest. But, uh, you know, right, right. feed the sick, uh, feed the hungry, the naked, visit you know, the sick, clothe the naked. Yeah,
1: that's so good, too. Yeah, because, you know, that's funny you mentioned that because I was just thinking about him because like the importance of having those monitors in our life, right? Like we love this idea of sheepdog, we've kind of taken it on. And he himself, Blessed Pierre Giorgio, he actually carried around the Beatitudes, or the, sorry, the lines uh, from St. Paul uh, that you often hear at a wedding, right? Uh, from First Corinthians, like, love is patient, love is kind, you know, hmm. all that. He had that written out, and he would carry that all the time. So that was, like, one of his, like, motivators, one of his mottos. It's just like, you have the sheepdogs one. But I think it's so good to know, like, what we're all about, you know? And he knew he was all about his life. He's just like, he wanted to serve Anyone to stand up for what was right. You know, he was a sheepdog for sure. So, uh, yeah, right. just reminding me you're we talking about. Yeah, that thing you pulled out, that thing from your pocket. I'm like, yeah, Pierre Giorgio, same thing. 100%. Yeah,
2: and I asked that question because it was kind of a trick question. I got asked that when I was younger. And then the the priest back at my home parish said, well, they're saints. So, like, they're all boldly Catholic. Well, it's a dumb question. But today we are going to be talking about an all-star of a saint – a lot of people have heard of him, but maybe maybe not all the stories, all the details about his life. Saint Padre Pio. Mm. Awesome.
0: Is Padre his first name?
2: No, it's uh Francesco Forgoni. Ah. correcting me up on that that pronunciation on that last name might be a little bit off, so don't uh don't I had no
0: idea that was his name. What is it? Francesco
2: Forgoni. Oh for, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, something wow, something in there. Yeah. That's and awesome. so, you know, I guess a lot of people don't think like they think of Padre Pio like a long time ago, but in reality, in the in the length of the Catholic Church, not too long ago, he was born in eighteen eighty seven and died in nineteen sixty eight. So pretty yeah. pretty recent. Um and I think a lot of the history that we think of today when we think of like nineteen the nineteen hundreds history, he was very much lived through a lot of that um Tragedy that happened in the world, thinking about the world wars and and all the stuff that went on there. So he was integral in uh, the faith community in Italy at the time there. So it's pretty awesome. Um,
0: why is he, why is he boldly Catholic?
2: Man, yeah, there's a there's a long way.
0: Why is he not? Why is he that's not? A, that's a question we should <laughs> try right. to answer. I don't know if we could. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know right. if we could get
2: to an answer on that one. Right. Um, but to give a little background. He was a Franciscan friar, a uh, Capuchin, a mm-hmm. fr- Franciscan friar. And he was at the, a monastery in Italy called St. Giovanni Rotunda, which is an amazing name, uh, which is a really awesome. Uh, and he lived an insane life. Mm-hmm. And when I say insane, I mean insane in all aspects. Obedience, he was insanely obedient, which was one of his main things. He lived his whole life in... Almost like complete pain but he did it with such joy and um, so we'll start off with just going through how he is a spiritual warrior right I I remember when I was researching him a little bit all the things that just just stuck out to me I was like if I think of somebody that's a spiritual warrior this is the guy Um, so first off he had battles with the devil Mm. like physical battles with the devil can you imagine that
0: how is, how is that possible?
2: Man, I, I personally don't know, but I can tell, I can tell a couple stories. So uh, a couple of the fellow friars witnessed the door. He was sitting, in, uh, Padre was sitting in the confessional and the door slammed shut on him. All the doors locked and all the friars came around trying to help him. And they could hear somebody hitting him with chains over and over and over again until uh, suddenly there was this big commotion and then it all went to silence. And they went in there and he is bleeding out bloody. They drag him out, they bring him to the hospital and they're searching and searching around looking for an intruder that did this to him. Somebody assaulted Padre Pio, but they could never find the chains. There was nobody in the confessional. He did such good work (laughs) throughout his life and he was doing the Lord's work that the devil hated him that much. Mm-hmm. that he... Wow. <clears throat> yeah, I knew your confessions
1: like up to 10 hours a day, I think, right? Like he was one of those guys. So many people try and come to see him,
2: you know? It's just mm-hmm. amazing. Do you have that kind of stamina on the confessional? Do <laughs> you think you can do that, Father? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. Yeah, I mean, that's a dream, right? But no,
1: it's, uh, yeah. I mean, we're hoping to do confessions like all day at some point, but usually priests, like we swap out a couple hours in, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm tag out the next guy you know but uh yeah he was a, amazing though you were talking too how like how recent he is which is so crazy because i believe it's one of my friends his grandfather uh during world war ii he was in italy mm-hmm. and like got to go to one of his masses you know and so it's just like yeah he was around like so recently like, i think he died in 1968 mm-hmm. it's
0: just crazy so it's like wow yeah yeah i one time. I actually heard of these physical altercations with the devil, and I remember asking my dad when I was a kid, like, why doesn't the devil do that to, like, you know, anyone else? And my dad just says, oh, you got to be doing some serious damage to the devil's kingdom for him to come and beat you up like that. Wow. And I was like, that's cool. I guess I'm not doing enough damage. <laughs> I want to be a sheepdog, man. Yeah. Padre Pio, honorary sheepdog. Great right for us. Legendary man, right for us. sheepdog. Man. Right for us. Man. Uh, and now we're
2: talking about World War II. Mm. I I heard this story yesterday, so I'm not I'm not too well versed in it. But apparently, during World War II, yeah. the Allied forces were coming in with planes to bomb the town and the monastery where where Padre Pio lived. And somehow, through the grace of God, he levitated hundreds of feet, thousands of feet into the air mm. and talk to all the pilots and had them turn around and say, there's no, like, this is not the place.
0: Mm. What?
2: Which is insane to think what? about. Imagine being like an American pilot going in, you know, they're in a, this giant war with, you know, World War II. Mm-hmm. Americans, you know, us being Americans here, they're doing the, the good, the, they're in for the good fight. But then they see a guy in a in a habit mm-hmm. floating up into the air and and commanding them to not bomb here. I right. mean, at that point, you really just gotta you turn that plane around as fast as possible. <laughs> wow, wow, yeah.
1: I'm trying to remember the story because I think like they were hiding out. Uh, I forget which side it was where they were hiding out the monastery because they knew they wouldn't bomb it. Mm-hmm. And then I thought eventually maybe they did bomb, it, but I don't know because it's still there today. So mm-hmm. maybe you know the story. I don't know if you do, but I don't. But
2: yeah, I don't know I don't know all the details, but I know that there there eventually American troops did move through the town, okay. but it as far as like the mass destruction, the bombing, the uh-huh. the killing of innocent people, they were spared. spared. Okay. Wow. Praise the Lord. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, awesome. I know this is off the Padre Pio topic, but it reminded me of in I think it was Nagasaki, mm-hmm. the one um order that was Saint living, St. Max, that were living out, Father, I hope you know the details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were living out, Lady of Fatima's promise of praying the rosary every day. Mm. And they were the only people that were not actually harmed right. in the job of Nagasaki, do you know?
1: Right, right, yeah. So it was, uh, St. Max and Minkovei actually went all the way to Japan, so not many people know, or I mean, anyways, it's amazing. He was like, you know, running radio stations, he was doing all the stuff big time. So he goes to Japan, I believe it was in Nagasaki, yeah. And Our Lady told him to build uh, a monastery on a certain side of, like, the the town or whatever it was. On the other side of the mountain, basically, in Nagasaki. And everyone was telling him, like, that's crazy. That's going to be a lot harder to build or for whatever reason. They're like, don't build it there. And he's like, Our Lady told me to. And so that was, like, one of the only things standing, yeah, after uh, the bomb went off was the monastery that, yeah. uh, that he built over there. So, yeah.
0: Wow. And I heard they did, like research scientists, like, did research on the people that lived in the monastery, mm. and they didn't even get radiation poisoning, even right. though they, show, they they were in wow. the blast radius, they should have. Wow. But it makes me think, like, Padre Pio, St. Maximilian Kolbe, mm. these guys, all in the 20th century, mm-hmm. and kind of radical saints. Yeah. It's kind of wild. It's yeah. kind of like, like, you always think, like, oh, these guys are so far away. It's like, no. Yeah. And, like couple years and that's them it's
1: crazy yeah. yeah i love too how you're using that uh what are the three again for the sheepdog from the video
0: power power confidence, confidence confidence obedience
1: obedience i love that too like obedience you might not expect it but i think of this story i've heard of Padre pio um speaking of obedience so you know this guy is like a mystic you know he's like in two places at once a time he's like floating he's doing all these things he's suffering horribly but like for the Lord. Uh, So at one point he would have, uh, he would go into ecstasy during mass, you know, so his masses were super long, right? And so I don't know if when it was, if it was after consecration or what point, but he's basically like going into ecstasy. And so his masses are getting really long. And so his superior, of course, he was in a religious order. So his superior, um, I don't know if he told him he had to have shorter masses or what, he may have talked to him beforehand. So Padre Pio then, um, would again be celebrating mass and, uh, his superior could just start to think like, yeah, it's getting pretty long or like you should shorten it. And then Padre P would like stop going in ecstasy and he would like go and continue on the mass and finish it up. <laughs> Cause he was like that aligned with obedience that he kind of like knew what his superior was thinking, you know, he's mm. like, okay, obedience, you know, Man. over like just being an ecstasy. <laughs> so mm. it's just like, just shows like the beauty of like obedience, I think, yeah. you know, it's just like, wow, amazing.
2: That's awesome. I have another story about uh, Pope, uh, about Padre, Pio, pa, Padre Pio's obedience here, um, and it was one that, like, to me, I was like, wow, this is like astonishing. Um, so, apparently, there was a lot of, like, allegations about Padre Pio during the time. There was, there was many cardinals, bishops in the church that, you know, they thought he was a fraud. They thought he was somebody mm-hmm. doing parlor tricks, sitting down in San Giovanni Rotondo, just Basking in his glory of people pilgrimaging to him and stuff which couldn't be further from the truth Um, but There was so many, you know people that in in power during the church that you know were skeptical of him. that they went to um, Pope Pius the sixth at the time and they were trying to say like hey you you have to watch out for this Padre Pio guy He's dangerous, you know He's not like this isn't all of this all the miracles are not true and all these things and apparently during that meeting Padre Pio, bilocated from Saint, Giov- Saint Giovanni Rotondo, and appeared in the meeting, and spoke to Pope Pius VI and told them, "Hey, you're you're not wrong. Like like, I I promise through the grace of God, like this is all okay. Please don't do this, Holy Father." And he was super. Apparently, he was super respectful um, by saying this, and Pope Pius freaked out, and he was like. How did this man get in here? This is a locked room. The Swiss guard with all the, all their armor was outside. He scolded the head of the Swiss guard at the time uh at the Vatican saying like how did you let this friar in here? This is ridiculous. Wow. And the the Swiss guard was like nobody came in. Like we promise. Um and it turns out that there was a ton of people witnessing um him doing the off- uh Padre Pio doing uh Liturgy of the hours and Saint Giovanni rotondo at the same time uh-huh. and that's a big dis a big distance and it's also you know that you couldn't tra- you couldn't travel that fast during that mm-hmm. back then to to get there and back so mm-hmm. it's it's a pretty crazy story that um, he was like he he despite being you know super obedient he was also like telling he went to the <laughs> he went to the Holy Father and said hey this is this is true. Um, you know, all these allegations are false. So he still fought for what he believed right, in. Sure. Well, but so yet important. he he, he was like obedient. That. And actually, it's so important. He did have to stop his public ministry for two years while the, while right. these allegations were being settled. So despite him doing all these great things, helping so many people, right. when he got orders to you know stop, he stopped for two years. Mm-hmm. Which is, which is pretty, despite him, you know, him, like, I would be thinking like, hey, I'm doing all these things, I'm helping so many people. Right. Well, who are they to, you know, say, right. stop what you're doing. Right. So it's pretty, pretty awesome. And, and he was like this for like such a long period, like from an early age in his life too. He became a priest at 15 years old. Well, I think he entered the order when he was fifteen. Okay, he fi- okay. Uh, then maybe, uh-huh. maybe my my quick search was wrong. He entered the Franciscan Friars at fifteen, right, right. and then right. yep. came mm-hmm. a, He became a priest at a very, very young age. Yeah, which is pretty like me at fifteen. Yeah, I know fifteen he's <laughs> like, yeah, he's leaned down Not his messing around, again. man. I was going around on what is it? Yeah. The it's kind of like a skateboard a ripstick. Ripsticks, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was doing that all yeah, the time when I was fifteen. 15. The
1: Sachs? Yeah, that's what I was focused on back then. Yeah. (laughs) it is amazing. Someone that young, dedicating their life. I think it's interesting, too. Like, I think he was even drafted as a Franciscan. Like, I don't know how that worked out, but he was already a Franciscan, then they drafted him to the army. But then he got, like, a medical leave, because, I don't know, he had...
0: The Lord had other plans. (laughs) That's
1: right. The Lord Uh Yeah. yeah.
0: Wow. Do you know any stories about him in confession? I've heard... He, like, had the power to read souls. So if you go in there and you're, like, trying to hide something, he'll be like, come on, like, that's not it. Mm -hmm. What are you leaving out? I'm like, what are you talking about, Father? He's like, I know exactly what your sins are. Right. I've just heard powerful stories. Do any of you know any? I
2: do know a couple. Um, So apparently there was this man that went to confession and he was he was very public about this he did, he gave a whole interview about about how what his experience with uh having padre pio as his confessor and apparently he went in and he he thought he had been being you know he thought he was in a state of grace for 25 years or so but he always knew that like you know something was off and he got the advice to you know travel to rome and then and then move down to saint giovanni rotondo to have Padre Pio be as a confessor and he waited in this ginormously long line. It was like he had to wait overnight to get in there. But he got, he ended up in the confessional, obviously. And once he was done, Padre he, he was about to be absolved. And then Padre Pio goes, one second, do you, like, do you remember this? And he, like, described the situation about how it was in this exact town at this exact time when he was back in the war and this happened and... Padre Pio knew it all and the guy was like I've forgotten about that sin for 25 years I I never even like you know it never even crossed my mind and uh, yeah so and then he confessed that sin and uh, Padre Pio absolved him and stuff so I mean like having that level of uh, right. knowledge about somebody is pretty pretty remarkable <laughs> mm. Wow, praise the Lord
0: how is it like possible that these guys exist hmm like, are there guys like this in, like, other religions that are just, like, absolutely, it's miraculous, right. is what it is. Total Total so, sheepdogs. Total sheepdogs.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it is amazing. I mean, I think we see that, like, we're really impressed when we see that on the natural level. You know, people who are, like, super successful in so many ways, which is, like, seems nearly impossible. But I mean, I haven't... I mean, we hear about it in the saints, right? These people who are radically uh, configured to Christ, right? In one way or another. And it's so cool because they do it such different ways. All the saints, Mm -hmm. you know, it's fun. You talk about one saint and then you think of another saint because they all are just like radically in love with the Lord. And that's what their focus is on, you know, like not so much the world. They're like kind of in a heaven already, you know, or they bring some of that glory of heaven to the earth. And it's just like, wow, that's what I want. You know, it's like. Padre Pio, it's like people starting to follow Jesus, you know, like, who's this guy who could heal everyone, you know, people want to come to him, you got to take a number mm-hmm. to just go to confession, but, um, but yeah, back to your question, I mean, not that I know of, I mean, I would hope we'd hear about him if we did, but, mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's just the graces, I think, of having that, uh yeah, coming to know the Lord, and it's so great, too, all these saints like him are just so into the sacraments, that's what they're mm-hmm. about, you know, the graces, like, he'd be celebrating Mass, or like, confession, he just, he'd always say, I just want to be uh, a friar who prays or something like that, right? Just like, I want to be a simple friar who prays. and But the Lord used him for so many radical things. and uh, But it is always inspiring, not only inspiring, but yeah, just like to ask for their help too in a spiritual way, right? The saints do their greatest work from heaven, which I love that too. It's like he's still doing miracles today. You know, he wants to help us like come to know Christ and just grow in this life of grace. So
2: yeah, it's amazing. Wow. And to be honest, there's many of the miracles that are attributed to Padre Pio. He was not even near, and apparently, or he did uh, have a amazing relationship with his guardian angel,
0: mm-hmm. which
2: is something that like I always thought. Like when I was a when I was a child, I was like, okay, I pray the pray the pray to my guardian angel every night to protect me while I'm asleep. But there was never anything like past that mm-hmm. where. He would have full conversations. Send him Send him to uh, send his angel to do tasks, stuff right. like that. So um, there, there's many stories about um, mothers writing in to um, Padre Pia, writing letters to him to ask for his guardian angel to come help them with the sick child or talk to someone else's guardian angel. And there's many things of uh, many instances that all of a sudden, after they wrote that letter, a few weeks later child healed like all these different amazing mm-hmm. miracles
0: so well the guardian angel thing is fascinating because i think they're the most like underutilized mm-hmm. catholic things or just things people things what well, i'm using the wrong term to describe <laughs> angels right now spirits <laughs> they're not even things but spirits because yeah guardian, i was just talking about this last night with ben mm-hmm. because I was reading St. Vincent Fair, another just sheepdog of a saint. <laughs> sheepdog, pray for us. He is in the league of Padre Pio. Wow. He is a fascinating guy. But every time he'd go to a new town to preach and he'd be healing people, converting people, he would always pray to the guardian angel of that town. Mm. And it was it was reading this book, I learned that every town has a guardian angel. Wow. And also, like how priests get another guardian angel too, mm. which I'm not sure is technically. We have to fact check this. So we'll fact check this, but I'm pretty sure that's true. Right. It's Probably kind of like a, good,
1: small, a small tea tradition with some. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not going to say in the catechism, but yeah, I think, I don't know where the word originates from, but I've definitely heard that too. I mean, I hope it's true, right? Yeah. Like, I need yeah. it. So. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I wonder how many Padre Pio had. Maybe he had a couple of. Yeah. He, he seemed he had to have a ten. lot
2: going on. They might have given him a few <laughs> extra. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Wow. That's awesome. Like, There could be six people in this room right now. Well, three people. Three angels. That's right. Our guardian angels. That's right. Pray for us, yeah. Pray for us. The last, one of the later
2: things I want to talk about was the stigmata. Mm. Because that's, that is such a visible and such an apparent thing to me. I'm like, where Padre Pio had the wounds of Christ on his hands and his feet. Mm -hmm. Which is, such like a, a visible representation of holiness to me. I'm like, I see that. And I was I, all of a sudden like, this makes this guy different in a whole nother way.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I always thought that they were just kind of like a sim, like a kind of not like a, like a symbol where it was like, kind of like, Oh, okay. It was there, but it wasn't making him like, it didn't hurt that bad because you know, who can have like an open wound for their entire life and like be able to still function. But apparently he was in pain all the time because on his feet he had the stigmata and it would just every step was just super painful. And I don't know, between between the stigmata and all the times the devil beat him up with a chain, I don't know if I could I don't know if I could handle that much pain my whole life. He's known for suffering. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a different level, though, too. You know, you realize these great saints, you know, like St. Francis, too. who's Franciscan, had the stigmata. um, Our Lord, uh, yeah, appeared to uh, Padre Pio, and then he got the stigmata. But just the power of that, like, I feel like great saints, really great people, too. You know, we read about great people who have suffered so much. And, um, but the Lord never gives us more than we can handle. You know, he's always there. um, And how... Like, suffering is, like, something in the Catholic Church that we're very blessed to, like, have an understanding of. I mean, we have a lot to learn. It is a mystery somewhat. But, like, the power in that um, and with the cross, right? So we're all about the cross. Jesus was all about the cross, right? So he shows us how to suffer and the great meaning that we could find in that. You know, as he says, uh, St. Paul talks about that we can make up the sufferings that are lacking in Christ and the cross. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just, like, radical to Mm -hmm. think that, like, we can... Um Share in the sufferings of Christ and help to bring about god 's grace to the world, you know that He could use us as his instruments um, and so like the great meaning that we could find in suffering you know was just like so powerful. so not that we want to suffer, but the fact that the Lord can use suffering so much in us when we're open to it, when we you know uh, unite with our Lord in that that it 's just like mm-hmm. such a beautiful thing. Um, it helps really bring meaning to our lives like you know because it's else' it's like why. Why suffering, you know? And like, um, yeah, but the Lord, it's just, the Lord can really use it.
0: Yeah. I heard that people always ask, if God is if God is real, then why is there suffering in the world? Yeah. I think, I heard once that, I forget, it might have been saint that said this, but like Jesus didn't come to um, explain away suffering or to even get rid of it, but like to come and be in it with us. Mm-hmm. And, grace, yeah. and through that, and fill with grace, and, and through that, like redeem us. Mm-hmm. And this whole concept of redemptive suffering, I think, talk about boldly Catholic. Yeah, I, I don't think a lot of Christians talk about this mm-hmm. part of mm-hmm. what it means to be a follower of Jesus, how we can actually be co redeemers in our suffering, mm-hmm. and how, like, that's why we'll give our beds up for Lent because. We're going to suffer, and that's why we do penance, because mm-hmm. we can offer it up for the poor souls in purgatory. Mm-hmm.
2: Just to explain that story, last year, we went. <laughs> What's the story? Uh, yeah, that's Johnny slept on just the, we, uh, where we live, <laughs> we just have like these like conventional like wire beds, like the metal beds, and then there's a mattress on top of them. Johnny decided for all of Lent that he was just going to take that mattress off. And sleep on the wire
0: rods. They <laughs> called them the coils. The coils. <laughs> yeah. They'd make fun of me. They'd say giants going the coils again. Uh, but yeah, it was great because no one would understand. Like what they're like, What wait, you came out of your bed? What? Great. It's like redemptive suffering, brother. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so good. So So good. yeah. The coils, it's it's a good one. If you're if you're thinking I know Lent's a little far away, we still gotta go through advent. That's right. But for next Lent, uh I highly suggest it. Hit the coils. Hit, Hit the, the coils. coils really? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, it's good, man. What as we, father? What as we, as young young men, college kids in general? What can we learn from Padre Pio and pull into our own lives?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So uh, I think greatness could start with just the you know the virtues that he inculcated in his life. You know, just like being super intentional being a man of prayer, being humble, being obedient, but also super intentional, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, especially like college students, right? So it's hard to, um, have a schedule in college, right? You know, to, to have those things, um, but just being intentional in like prayer, like, okay, so writing out what we're going to do for the semester, like, what are my goals? How can I pray regularly? You know, am I going to like, yeah, have 10 minutes of morning prayer, 10 minutes of evening prayer every day, you know, get on my knees, uh, just do these things kind of like, uh, to, yeah, to be a sheepdog, right, to to be strong. Um, yeah. Um, and then, too, yeah, not being afraid to suffer. Like, I love that. You know, we're talking about Pierre Giorgio or Padre Pio. Not that we always have to, uh, do, well, to just back up, just to do something hard, right, how that strengthens us. And even, like, people love that in the world, too, right, to do those things that are hard. Uh, especially as men, I think we love that. We love the challenge, right? We always want to mount the climb but just to be not afraid to uh, take on those things, which will just build us up, make us stronger. Um, See so how to, you know, go on an adventure and like challenge other guys to join. Um, whether that's like the day-to-day adventure, like, okay, let's like pray rosary in the morning, you know, gather a group of guys, pray the rosary in the morning. Or maybe it's like, let's go to the holy hour every morning. Like here we have on like, campus, right? Those things which are hard, they don't only really make sense to a lot of other people, but realize that their world, they change the world, you know, change ourselves. Uh, just be challenging ourselves. Um, so just those simple things we got, being a man of prayer, being a man of obedience to what the Lord calls us to, and just being intentional in your life, like making decisions on what you're going to be about. Like, Padre Pio knew at the age of 15, he's like, I'm joining this order, giving my life to Jesus. And I don't know about you guys, but yeah, for me, it was much later in life when I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the fact that you have to
2: know what you're about and uh, the Lord will help you get there. So Yeah, and I think what what you said about Um, just like doing like the simple things every day. People talk about Padre Pia, and yeah, you can talk for hours about all the miraculous things he does, but everyone seems to kind of overlook sometimes just the simple things he did every day. He prayed, he, you know...
0: He prayed uh, 75 decades of the rosary. Every
2: day. And Whoa. that even then, that, that's like a miraculous thing. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. Not do. saying everyone else can do that. But, but, yeah. but just like the simple things that he had yeah. to do every day, too, which you're like, right. he devoted those things to Christ as well. So, um, you know, we don't need to be, we don't need to get the stigmata and, and levitate and stop airplanes mm-hmm. from bombing towns um, to, you know, emulate him and, and through doing so, emulating yeah. Christ. So that's pretty awesome. Um yeah, does anybody have any el- anything else that you want to... Yeah, I think just to follow up with that, yeah,
1: like in the life of holiness, it's not overnight too, you know, like you might think like, oh, I'm never going to get there, so why even try? But it's just like training for anything, you know, it's like an inch by an inch, like every day, like, okay, I'm going to grow a little more, I'm going to be committed to the basics, you know, committed to the basics. Like I was reading a book the other day talking about who's going to win the Super Bowl, the football team that like does the basics the best, you know, and so... We could make everything glamorous in our lives, but like ministry, life of holiness, all these things, it's like consistently like just praying, growing life of grace, growing life of virtue, and just pursuing that. Um, Yeah. And then the Lord will, we're ready to serve the Lord when he calls us to do whatever the next thing is. So
0: yeah. Nice. The sheepdog basics. (laughs) Sheepdog. Give us the three again. Power. Power. Confidence. Obedience. Nice. There it is.
2: So good. And I think that is where we are going to leave you guys for this week. Um, but why don't we end in prayer first? Yeah. Thank you in the name of the
1: Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for uh, this time. May we continually pursue you, Lord, pursue you in holiness, to never be afraid uh, to take upon the cross and follow you, Lord Jesus. We ask Mother Mary and St. Padre Pio to intercede for us. And we ask all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. All right, amen. thanks, man. Thank you.
0: Cue outro song, go. <laughs>